Good morning. I know y'all said this a hundred times already today, but good morning. Um, I know Willene and Marjorie let us know about the uh, Patriot celebration going on tomorrow, and I wanted to share uh, one of my favorite sayings, memes, whatever you call them when they pop up on Facebook. And that is, two defining forces have died for you. Jesus Christ, who died for your soul, and the American soldier who died for your freedom. Please don't ever forget that. Today we wear red for Pentecost. Tomorrow, wear red, white, and blue for our country. And I started this sermon before Tommy let me know that it was Pentecost Sunday, so... I've kind of got it separated. Um, so, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this wonderful day. And Lord, give me the words to deliver this message and give everybody the ability to receive it as I truly intend it. I ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I started off with asking, what is love? When I was in high school, my senior year, our English teacher, who was a, and I don't know which religion, but she was a preacher's wife. She asked us to do a paper on what we thought love was or is. And at 18 years old, I had no idea. Um... I didn't write the paper, didn't turn anything in, because back then I was really clueless. I didn't have an idea what love really was. So what is love? I think i got an answer now. Too bad she's not around to hear this. Love is the purest feeling ever. It is a struggle to maintain your composure when you're furious you keep calm so you don't hurt someone's feelings. It's the pain you feel when you lose your mom or dad. It's the pain you feel when your child is hurting. It's caring for someone you've never met. Then helping that person. It's forgiving when everything, every fiber of your body tells you not to. It's giving until it hurts. It's biting your tongue when your friend goes and does exactly what they said they'd never do. <clears throat> By loving and treating everyone with respect and dignity, people will go out and tell others how great our church is. And I know I've said this before when we were having our discernment meetings and everything. <clears throat> we have to love each other here first. We have to truly act like Christians. If we are to make this church grow, this is where we start, right here. <clears throat> and Jesus said for us to do this and to go out and be disciples and spread the good news. When we have visitors come in here, 
and I see a couple people that I haven't seen before. We need to make them comfortable in this church. We need to show them the love that we feel for each other. We need to share that love and let it spread like a wildfire. When we talk about each other, we shouldn't be degrading or talk down about anybody. We should boost each other's self-esteem, boost their egos, make them feel great about themselves, make them want to come back here to learn about Jesus and then go out and spread the gospel themselves. First Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9 says, Be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble, do not repay evil for evil or insult for insult. On the contrary, repay evil with a blessing. Because this is how you are, were called so that you may inherit a blessing. And I don't know if I have it marked, but anyway. Um, Romans chapter 12, 19 and 20. And this is one of the first passages I read when I was going through my divorce and I I just love it it's um vengeance vengeance is mine and I shall repay says the Lord if your enemy comes to you and he's hungry feed him if he's thirsty give him something to drink by doing this you will dump coals of fire upon his head <clears throat> and when I first read it in the first Bible I bought it was separated all it said was vengeance is mine says the Lord and there was a time when I prayed that I was a weapon of God because I had a lot of anger in me but when you go down and finish reading it you understand why I calmed down. Luke 16, I'm sorry, chapter 6, 27 through 36. But if you, and this is the, and you have to forgive me, New International Version. I have three Bibles that I read out of. So I get a better understanding. I got King James Version, which is the first one I bought. This one I have is the one my sweet mother-in-law gave me before she passed away. And the other one is one I bought. It's the uh, New Living Translation. And it is, between the three of them, it gives you a very clear understanding of what you're reading. Anyway, Luke 6, 27-36 is entitled, Love Your Enemies. But to, who, to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone slaps you on one cheek, turn down the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. 
Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. I'd love to continue to dig into the Bible, because I know there's more and more verses on how to love one another. But I feel these scriptures that I've said tell you tells us enough. And Tommy did give me free reign. He said I could put a song in my sermon that is Christian contemporary, or as Willene likes to call it, religious rock and roll. But I'm just going to read you some of the lyrics of one of the songs. It is by Andrew Ripp, and it is um, for the love of God. I saw mercy, mercy seated where the judge should be. I was guilty, guilty in getting out of jail free. How could it be I didn't get the love I deserved? And the only thing he wanted was my heart in return. And every time I think about every time I thought was the end, I'm caught up in wonder again. Where would I be? Where would I be if it wasn't for the love of God? The song of victory is now mine to sing. Hallelujah for the love of God has set me free. And if it wasn't for my failures and mistakes, I would never know the depths of his grace. Now my heart is beating for heaven's sake, for the love of God. And on any of you have TikTok and Facebook, and it's a uh, strange thing how the more you look at something, the more these same topics pop up. It's uh, Brian could probably explain it better than I can. There's some type of algorithm or something in there. That they continue send you the same stuff that you look for, that you research or Google or whatever. And this is one of them that just popped up on mine. John 5.15, Jesus calls me his friend. First Thessalonians 1.4, he calls me chosen. Ephesians 2.10, he calls me a masterpiece, art, handmade. He calls me purpose and fashion for good things. 1 Corinthians 6.19, he calls my body a temple, the resonance of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, he calls me his messenger to the world. 
Galatians 3.26, he calls me his child. Romans 5.8, he calls me greatly loved. John 8.36, he calls me free, free indeed. 2 Corinthians 5.17, he calls me brand new. And Jesus calls us all of this because he truly loves us. And this is where my sermon changes to Pentecost. Today is Pentecost Sunday. We're wearing red. This is in remembrance of when the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit. And like I said earlier, I've read the scriptures to tell of this in three different versions. And all three versions, except for a few different words here and there, say the same exact thing. Wileen has already read some of the uh, verses. Um, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And if I remember correctly, at this time, the disciples were, or apostles, disciples, all of them, were scared. They didn't know what the future held for them. So they were gathered together in this place on the day of Pentecost. And they were what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And they were staying in Jerusalem, the God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And I did some research on Pentecost and what it, what it really was. Pentecost is not a modern or New Testament event or holiday. Pentecost goes all the way back to the beginning. In the Old Testament, it's mentioned at least four of the first five books. So first, Pentecost was a pilgrim festival. So according to Jew Jewish law, all the adult men would come to Jerusalem to attend it. Second, Pentecost was a holy day. No work was done. It was a federal holiday. Schools were out and all the shops were closed. The third, Pentecost had celebrations, sacrifices, and offerings. And these were prescribed by law. The high priest would take two loaves of freshly baked wheat bread from freshly harvested wheat and offer them to God. And oh well, I'm losing my spot anyway. Uh, so during the time of the Apostles' Pentecost was a great celebration. The streets of Jerusalem were filled with thousands of people that came from everywhere, all over, to celebrate the goodness of God, the greatness of God. It's kind of like St. Patrick's Day around here. 
streets are filled with thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And during this, this Holy, the Holy Spirit descends upon the apostles, giving them knowledge and a greater understanding of the mysteries of the gospel, and they were more qualified to preach to the people of all nations. And it was Peter who stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. And doing some research that it is Peter who stood up. He's the one who was constantly putting his foot in his mouth and being corrected by Jesus. Um, he was the one chosen to stand up before the massive crowd of people, thousands and thousands, and proclaim the gospel of Jesus. Basically, he stands up. Let me tell you about the Messiah. Who is the eternal protection for all humanity? Let me tell you who he is. With many other words, he warned them. He pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accept us, accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their numbers that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who needed. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. And this was when almost 3,000 believers came to Christ. And some say this was the beginning of the church, the Christian church. And suddenly, it was an unstoppable force that no one can deny any longer. And that is the message I bring. And if anybody would like to read any more on this, that um, I got this through Keep Believing Ministries and from the awesome power of God himself. Thank you, John, for those wonderful words. If I had any of my old youth group here today, they would stand up and tell you that my favorite words from the Bible are love one another. So we always need to hear those convictions. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you.